Welcome back, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of GWA. I'm Heika. I'm Meg. And we're girls with anxiety. As you guys know, um, uh, before we get started, if you guys want to rate, subscribe, review, the whole jam. It um, helps us out a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, and click the link in our profile, and then that will get you over to be able to, um, I just said this, like, it's, a, it's like the longest way to say it, and now it's even longer, but to su- subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me add a million words in just to get to one thing. Um, yes. Go into the link in our profile on our Instagram and sign up for our newsletter. Our second yeah. one's going to be coming out um, on Thursday, this Thursday. Yeah, so no junk. It's literally just going to be once a month. Like it's not crazy. You're not going to get flooded. Yeah, um, it's just us and you know a little like a update. little bit more update in personal with our lives. Yeah, um, but. Hi, I mean, our last episode was on election day. Oh, yeah. And man, oh, man. You called it, though. I think we you called it because I was like, oh, we'll find out the next day. And you're like, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Like, I was glued to CNN for, like, three days straight. And then when Jake and I went camping, we had it up, like, on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking and same like I mean like I know people other people were like I can't watch the news it's giving me anxiety and I'm someone that is like I need to like no. watch it or else I'm gonna be like thinking about it and that's just not like being I can't be you'd almost have like, the like the external versus the internal yeah, yeah I I totally like had um it was just like on google where you like type in like yeah and it would like show you what where all the states were and I like woke up in the middle of the night one night and like checked it like checked it in the right when I woke up in the morning and I totally did not think I was going to be like that I was like taking like nope you're going to take care of your mental health you're not going to check any of this stuff you're going to relax like it's not you've done your part and that's it and I could not pull mm-hmm. away. It was so incredibly insane to like be so addicted to it. Like I was yeah. like I need to know. And it's I mean, I'm obviously like so happy with the outcome. It's Dang. it is still just like really crazy. like I know that over these next few months it's going to still be really intense and I think like again like even with, you know, winning this election, there's still so much work to do. Like, it really shouldn't be, oh like, God. We have so much lost on us that, like, racism didn't yeah. doesn't just – just as Trump didn't make it up, he doesn't just, like, make it go away by him getting out of office. It, like, still is around. Like, exactly. We still have so much, like, happening in our world and – and issues and things that need to be like talked about and dealt with. That's like mm-hmm. just because Biden won does not mean that like all our problems disappear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like no, no, no. We we. It's not up to him at the end of the day. At like big scheme of things, like it's up to the people to like make constant change. Well, yeah, and he's we. You know, like 
we're going to hold them accountable and see exactly. if really happens. And I'm, I am really hopeful and, you know, just like what's going on right now, like cases are rising in the United States and Trump is still trying to sue states. And it's like, what are you doing, sir? Right. Like, excuse me, people are getting like more people are getting sick right now and you need to continue being as I say in quotes, this leader for us for the remaining time and just like give us direction. Like, mm-hmm. help, like it's you lost. Stop being a sore loser and get your ass in gear and be like, okay, this is what we need to do to combat this, like, I guess, second wave, which we are still on this first wave because it's never, mm-hmm. we've never like really lowered in our cases. And it's just like, just focus on the people for once in your fucking goddamn life. Yeah, I know. And and I would encourage too, because I find myself like, I get like thrown into such a, like a wormhole of like, how can like people be like saying that the whole election was rigged? Like, because they're holding on to any little ounce of hope. And because he already said prior to the election that it was going to be rigged or fraud or whatever. He already put that mentality in people's mind. So Mm -hmm. when it, so when he lost, he's like, see, it's like, but you've you lost the electoral votes, the popular votes, like three or four States turned from red to blue. Like you are questioning democracy and that is something. That's that's something it's like, you know, obviously in 2016, he got voted in, you know, like, yeah, that's what happened. And again, like, that's the way our system works is we work by votes and which is great because we don't, we wouldn't want a dictatorship. We wouldn't want any other way, like other than us being able to have a choice. And so it's, yeah, I, get, I mean, you're right. It's, it's definitely... And, like, again, apologies for even, like, talking about this because it's been, like, a week since we found out that Biden won. But it's, like, we haven't spoken about it with you guys. And, Mm -hmm. like, I found out we were – I felt such a relief. I was in Arizona in Sedona or, like, like just a little bit out of Sedona. And the area that I was in is very conservative. So, like, when I – finally found out because I would, we were camping. I would have to like walk to the bathroom to find service. Mm-hmm. I like ran to Jake and I like whispered it. I'm like, we won. Cause mm-hmm. like, I didn't know like, that what, like, yeah. And yeah. like, everyone's just camping and trying to have like a good time. Like, I'm not going to like, sure, absolutely. but I was like really sad that I wasn't in the city just to like feel that energy. Mm-hmm. Cause I just like, I saw videos of like, so many people out in the streets not that I'd be out in the streets but just like banging pots and pans and like we're so Mm -hmm. collectively happy um and just like with them like speaking like Biden and Harris like speaking just the few times they have already it's like this is these are leaders Mm -hmm. they care about us this is how you speak yeah, absolutely. Is, you know, so it just I feel like we're we're 
headed in the direction that we need to. We have lots and lots of work that we that still need to be done, like you've said. And I'm just hopeful and I'm ready to just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even like around my house, it's like I feel like there's been a lift because granted, like, you know, everybody's allowed to have whatever they want in their yards. Like, but all of the Trump flags and the Trump banners outside of the house. And I'm not just talking about like one, like people like decorated their house with like 50 fucking banners. And I'm like, how many do you need? Like, you know, and granted it's your house, do what you want. But like, it almost felt like, like a them versus you or this versus that. And it's like, I, I can't stress enough that politics like Republican and Democrat, it's a made up term. Like, these are just terms that somebody created, and granted, they obviously serve their purpose and their wings and whatnot, but at the end of the day, like, we should be voting for humanity. Yeah. Not just like, not for a, a, a person, per se. Like, whoever exactly. is able to, like, articulate humanity and and get us to a point where we're not, um, we're like the idea of of hate and things like that aren't even a, a subject. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're happy. No, we're happy about it. Yeah, exactly. We're really happy. And, um, what else? What else? So how are you? How are things? Um, well, I am doing okay. Hi, Meow Meow. I am pretty much, we went up to, um, the mountains recently and, the weather change really, you know, obviously I'm pretty far along now in my pregnancy and I don't really, I think my brain is like, no, 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 you're fine. And then like my body's like, no, 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 you're pregnant. <laughs> and so <laughs> they have like a little bit of a battle and my body did not react really well to going up to the mountains. My lips got super dry and then swole, swelled. Swollen? became um swollen like twice their normal size and it looked like I had lip injections again yeah, it was insane <sighs> so he sent me a few pictures and I was like I'm screaming <laughs> so that's not been fun and I threw my back out a little bit but you know my chiropractor is amazing and like if you guys live in my area and want to dm me and ask me who she is you totally can but she um really helped me and I don't know if you guys know this. I used to be really scared of, well, I used to go to the chiropractor a long, long, long time ago. And then I became really scared of it. But this lady's really gentle and like totally helped me out. And so I have to pretty much be moving all day. So I sit on my ball and went on like a 10 minute, 15 minute walk today. And yeah, I'm just trying to get the nursery done. I pretty yeah. much am just like, in between, like, a state of, like, it's not comfortable to sit down long enough, but I want to sleep, but I'm also hungry, but I also don't know what I want to eat, but I also need to get the nursery done, but my lips are also big right now, and hey, baby girl, <laughs> like, I'm in just, like, a really mixed emotion state. <laughs> Aquaphor has been amazing, and coconut oil forever, um... And my facial hair grows back every two seconds of my life. And I just ordered more um, 
sugar so that I could sugar my face. And yes, I know I could make it, but the last time I made it, I burned my face really bad. And so I just oh, I would rather mm-hmm, buy it from somebody. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, but you sound great. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. I need to cut my hair soon. Really, I'm just going to have Steven cut my hair. I'm going to put it into little braids and have him chop off the ends. Oh, my God. Yeah. At this point, you know. It's whatever. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Your hair so long, you, couldn't e- you won't even be able to notice. Yeah, and I wear it in an afro generally, so. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. For sure. It'll be all of my blonde will be gone. I know. The little blonde pieces that have been sticking around will be gone with the wind. I can't wait to be blonde again, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's okay. You'll be blonde and you'll have blue hair again, so it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. When I start graying fully, you know I'm going to go blue. Yeah. Well, you're, like, born with blue hair, I feel like. Yeah, a little. natural Little ever girl is going to have her mom come pick her up from school and they're going to be like, who is that in sweatpants? Wait, are you sharing? Are you sharing her name? name? I could, I could, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, edit that. No, that's okay. You can leave that part, but I won't share her, her whole name. We'll do like an announcement. Oh yeah. Or if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll be able to hear her full name. Yes. Little incentive plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's up with you? Oh, well, I feel like a whole lot, but then also not. Jake and I just came back from our camping trip, which was so much fun. I nearly froze to death. <laughs> I, I texted Neg, I think, like, every morning that I almost froze the night before. Um, I'm just not, like, built to sleep in freezing weather. Um <laughs> I was so I had so many layers on, so many. I had like two socks, leggings, sweatpants, three tops. There were like three layers on top. A hat, scarf, or not scarf, uh, gloves, and I was still freezing. So um, and it was rainy, but Sedona is absolutely beautiful. We went on a hike, and it was starting to get like super windy at the end. So um, after the hike, my whole face was orange that was fun too um it was like I was kind of having a rough time but I'm not really it was great and then we went down to Sedona on the last or not Sedona to Tucson on the last day to Saguaro National Forest Hmm. and camp there and it was freezing again but it was so beautiful and it was amazing and bless you my cat just sneezed and (laughs) it's been good I Therapy's been great. Um, I feel like I've been having, like, more bad days than, like, good days, which is, like, kind of worrying me because it's, like, am I going to be able to get out of this, like, hole that I've been in? Hmm. Um, But I think it's just, you know, like, part of the whole process of just, like, yeah, do you feel like that since you've started therapy that you've noticed more bad days than good days? Kind of, and it's just like, like, I don't know, maybe just because, like, well, it's the episode, like, the episode titled, you know, like, Feeling Your Feelings. I'm mm-hmm. really just, like, 
sitting with my feelings and like not brushing them off and like having more time to like really process process them and feel them and notice them they're like in my face because there's like I'm not yeah so uncomfortable yeah so it like worries me but then I'm also like well this is how you let them pass exactly and like my therapist is like it's good that you have like a day to like almost feel sorry for yourself because then you feel for it you feel them and then like the next day you're kind of like re-energized and like not holding on to the the feelings from the day before because like I had a I didn't have it wasn't like a job interview it was just like a uh a, a call that yeah a call thank you that with the girl that I used to work with and I was like, oh, you know, like I have no experience in this, but might as well just like try it. Like what See what happens. What, yeah, what do I have to lose? And like after I had the conversation with her, like I called you and you're like, how do you feel about it? And I was like, I feel fine because it's like I really – it wasn't in my wheelhouse. I'm not a sales rep. Like, But I thought like maybe like, oh, yeah, something that I could do for the meantime. And And then like as the day went on, I like started to like – feel a little sad and like doubt myself and like my self-worth and like my skill sets and this and that but you know it's just all part of the process and then the next day I had therapy so it was good to just like um, have that right then yeah just like process process it and because like I was telling her like well I think because like at my last jobs like I wasn't really like I wore a lot of hats, which is like something that's really great. But mm-hmm. like I wasn't able to like hone in on one to say like to feel like you're really like this is it. Yeah, like this is like I'm this or like I'm that. So I like really wasn't able to like uh, hone in on like a specific skill set. So I feel like when I apply for these jobs, I'm like, oh, I like check the box for this, 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 and this. Oh, but not this, 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 and this. Hmm. So, like, maybe I shouldn't apply for it or I'm not good enough for it or, like, I'll, like, like, what's the point? And she's like, no, like, you actually have a whole mess of skills in your toolbox because you wore all these hats. So it's exactly. just, like, switching my mindset of, like, how I, like, perceive about it. myself. Yeah. So it's been like, yeah, it's been like a roller coaster of emotions. And I also, I think like I'm getting my period not to like diminish like me feeling this way, but sure. I think that it amplifies like, feelings. Yeah. Like I was driving to the reservoir on Sunday and I was just crying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, and that's good too, to even like have those days where you're just like crying because you're releasing mm-hmm. something like, yeah. Even so, oh, yeah. So, like, I'm feeling like today's good day. So, I feel like, you know, I got some stuff done, and it's just like, like not every day we have to do stuff. You know, like it's it's really hard to get to that point, though. Yeah, like so difficult to like think. Yeah, we're built. We're literally Mm -hmm. built and raised to be like, you must work. You must do this. Mm -hmm. You must do this. Yeah. 
But other than that, I'm good. I also wanted to share because, like, last episode, we got, like, right into, like, election talk. And, like, we couldn't, mm-hmm. like, it was just, like, so hyper-focused on that because hello was a huge deal. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, I don't know. Again, I'm probably diminishing what I'm saying. But, again, I don't know who likes to hear, like, my favorite, like, skin care, like, review of the like week or episode or whatever, but I've been using this ep- uh, this um, serum from Versed called Pressed Restart Serum. It's a retinol, and I guess you're supposed to use retinol like like in your twenties or even like like even like whoops. teenage. But whoops, <laughs> started at thirty. Wait, how old am I? I'm thirty two, right? Yeah, thirty two. Yeah, I was gonna say thirty one. I don't know how old I am. But I have been using it now for, like, maybe a month and a half. So I feel like I could give, like, a really solid review. And yeah. my skin has been loving it. Ooh. It's, my skin is, like, kind of breaking out right now because I didn't bring, like, my whole, like, skincare regimen. To Arizona. To yeah. Arizona because, like, let's be real. Um, So it's, like, breaking out a little bit right now. But it's been – I use it every other night or I do it like two nights in a row and then use Skip something a couple. else. Yeah. yeah. But it's a gent- – I wrote something down. It's um, a gentle retinol that also has what, – what was that? I was practicing before. Bacuchinol? Bacuchinol oil in it, which is a plant extract that has the same benefits as retinol without the harsh side effects, but this product has both, which makes the product much more gentle to use when you're starting out using a retinol. So Mm. it's like a starter retinol, so I'll probably use this for a while. I'll probably, like, repurchase it, like, one to two more times and then maybe, like, bounce. uh, Go to a different. Mm -hmm, But it's been great. I love it. Um, Unfortunately, you can't use it if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. (laughs) <laughs> but if you're none of, if you're neither pregnant or breastfeeding, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's super great. And yeah, that's my little skin care review for you guys. I love it. And yeah. I think one thing to note that my therapist had said to me today too, and I can't remember exactly what she had actually said, but I feel the feeling of it is that like Cause I was telling her, I was like, like a little bit of like, and I think you felt it. I mean, I know you felt it too. It's like, I've worked since I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. like knowing that like, I probably won't get like a job for a little while is like, kind of like, <gasps> and she was just like, it's change. Mm-hmm. It's just a change from how it was. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like. Again, I can't say verbatim because I really don't remember, but how she said it, it kind of just helped me to be like, okay, like, that's just what, like, it doesn't mean it's forever that I'm never going to work again or like, Mm -hmm. because I haven't been worried about it at all. And I think it's just like realizing like, oh, I'm going to be a mom and all these things. And, and it's like, it's not forever. Mm -hmm. Like all these, all these things are just moments of time that are just changing. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I love that. And it's like, I understand that so many other people right now are in the same position. And it's not like, oh, like, company loves, what is it? Misery loves company. Mm -hmm. Is that because, like, 
it makes me feel better that knowing everyone is no, 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 that's totally that's not, not like yeah not like what I'm saying it's just right. like I have to like step back and be like oh shit like it's a bigger thing that's happening yeah, yeah. you know so for sure um, but speaking of like you being a mom our guest today mm-hmm. is such a badass and she's an amazing mother and this episode was just so amazing yeah she's really we laughed cool. we cried we laughed some more um but Megan is such a great friend of mine and now I feel like Meg's friend too for sure um I think you'll really enjoy this episode she she talks a lot about just everything yeah she's such an open book and yeah it's awesome it was like such an easy conversation and she shared so much with us and I really think you guys will enjoy it and we will talk to you later. Yeah. Okay. Love you guys. Enjoy. Love you. On the podcast today, we have Megan Stewart, one of my dearest friends for the last 15 years, a friend that I could come to as my personal therapist a woman that I admire and look up to and constantly in awe with all her strength whenever anything is thrown her way. A badass mama that loves hard and has the best eye for all things vintage. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Yay. Hi. Hi. How are you? That was so sweet. Oh, thanks. I feel, I was telling Nick, sometimes I feel like when I write something it's very like surface level, so it's like, but that's just like my own insecurities in my head. But anyways, this is about you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's beautiful out today. I know. So. Yeah, beautiful Utah. Are you guys getting like a winter? Like, does it feel like winter now or fall? No, not yet. It's gonna be like fall. 81 fall. today. Oh. oh. Yeah, I'm wearing this beautiful <laughs> sweater because. I love it's it. A little so much. It's yeah. I just I just thought it. Um really so cute. I'm in the shade and it's eighty one and I'm still feeling good. Yeah, I totally thought it was like crisp and cool in your area because you're wearing this like beautiful, like thick knit sweater, but you're lying to us. That's fine. I am. I am. But it's beautiful. We actually went up to the mountains this morning. Um and the trees are just like red and orange <sighs> and yellow and beautiful oh that's amazing well mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on um yeah. just you want to tell us a little bit about yourself um hi <laughs> <laughs> I'm like where do I even start um let's start with I was gonna say I am I'm she her I am 34 35 years old <laughs> I have to think about it for a second, but I'll get back to you. Um, no, I I guess we'll start from the beginning. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, no, I'm, I guess I'm a mom. I sell vintage. I design my own clothing. Um, I live in Salt Lake City. And just doing the damn thing. I love it. Um, so with anxiety and depression, when was the first time, like, you really experienced that in your life? 
So there's two instances that like stand out to me. And these are both when I was really young. Like I'm talking like four, five-ish. And the first one was I saw an episode of Oprah with my mom. And the episode was about people that had night terrors Mm. and sleepwalking. And I remember this for about a year, I would make like a gate barrier on my bed. So that theoretically in my, you know, four-year-old brain, if I was going to sleepwalk, it would save me. Oh, yeah. And, and I would also, it does. <laughs> and I would also put like the heaviest stuffed animal I had on my feet just for a, for a double layer, double layer protection scheme. So that was the first one. Um, and then the second one was when the OJ Simpson trial was happening. I was so terrified that he would come in my window. I would literally stay up like all night looking out my window because I because I saw the car chase on TV me too and it scared me so bad yeah I mean it's scary and like to watch something to watch that at such a young age is like because you don't have the skills yet to like discern between like I am still safe even if this is happening well, especially to someone with a predisposition to depression and anxiety, you know, I started experiencing it when I was so young um, and depression. I was diagnosed with depression when I was 12 years old. And I also started taking medication when I was 12 years old and I've been on it ever since. I never stopped. Has there ever been a time in your life that you were just like, I'm not going to take my medication for like a short amount of time just to see like how I'm doing or were you just like, I'm not even going to like go there. Like that's not something that I don't feel comfortable with. Well, there was definitely times in my twenties where I kind of just forgot to refill my prescription. (laughs) And so I would go like a week or two, like without taking it. And inevitably I would crash so hard. Oh yeah. For sure. And every time I did that, I was reminded of why I needed it. It's like we've talked about it before on different episodes. It's like, if you have a heart condition, you're not going to be like, "Mm, actually, I'm good. I'm not going to take this medication. Like, your body needs that chemical. Mm -hmm. So you need to supplement it. Yeah. I feel like medication for so long had such a bad rap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it's like, if something's working and it makes my life better, then why am I going to fight that and make my life harder Mm -hmm. by stopping? Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of times, I mean, I know for me, it's like such like a, almost like an, because I've like talked about, I mean, when I get like panic attacks, I always like have a prescription out of man that like I can take while my panic attack's starting to happen and it instantly like helps it. Um, And I've like talked about like, okay, like after pregnancy, like, would I get on something more like regular? Cause I have been experiencing really bad anxiety, especially like this last few months. Um, but there's a lot of me that has like an ego thing behind it. And it's not so much that like, I'm not in judgment of others or even myself. It's more of like, like a frustration of like, why, like, I almost just want to like, why is it not just fixing? Why can't I just get it myself, get it right? Um, 
And so I like that you said that because it's like, okay, well, if you can just simplify your life. <laughs> right. I feel like, but, and I understand because for so long there was such a judgment behind it, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like even, you know, I was diagnosed when I was 12 and still I was fighting it for years and years and years. And I think one of the hardest parts about depression is the evil things that I would tell myself Mm -hmm. about having it, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's one thing to be depressed. And then it's another thing to be telling myself that I'm a bad person. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Why do I feel like this? It's this like internal fight you're having with yourself instead of just accepting how it is and going from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Like someone that doesn't have depression, like I've come to Mm -hmm. Megan a lot because Jake does have depression and I'm like, how do I like navigate with Jake? Like, I don't want to keep saying like, you'll feel better because you can't just tell that to someone with depression because like Mm -hmm. that's fucked up because if, that was so easy for them to feel better then they would do it. So trying to just understand and like be there for someone that has depression and just be like, it's like, I'm here for you. Like whatever you need, like. And I think that's one of the things about depression that is the hardest for me personally is the feeling of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's hard when people tell you like, oh, this is, you're going to feel better. This is going to change because as much as you want to believe someone that's saying it, there's no hope left. Mm -hmm. And so you almost feel worse that you can't feel that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, then what's wrong with me? Because I can't feel this. Like you say, I'm going to feel better, but like, here I am waiting. Yes. And it's not happening. Exactly. I'm not feeling better. So something's wrong with me because I'm not feeling better. Yeah. So like it's how, such a vicious cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how were your relationships with like like growing up with depression? Like, did that affect it at all? Did that like how yeah, your romantic relationships? Mm, not really, because I'm really good at hiding it. Mm. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was taught since a young age that, you know, feelings are bad, right? So I've become an expert at hiding feelings. So when people hear that I even have depression, it doesn't necessarily make sense to people, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm bubbly and I'm talkative and all these things that don't connect with depression, Um, but it's because I'm really good at like wearing that mask. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so in romantic relationships, I always kind of kept like a barrier there, you know? For sure. Um, the only relationship that's been different is me and Jeff. Yeah. Cause we've been, and we've been together for so long and we've dealt with so much. Yeah. Um, but he has seen every single side of me, you know? Um, and I'm not ashamed of it. No. For a long time, I was really ashamed of having the feelings I was having. But I'm not ashamed anymore. And that's one of the things that Arthur, my son, has taught me. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah, same. And I think it's like, I mean, for me, I've always been like a little bit of like a brat in the sense of like, if you can't fucking deal with me, then go. Which I'm learning that like, there's, it does take so much patience on both ends to be like, okay, like this person's learning you and you're learning them. And like, it's like that conscious choice to continuously learn about each other. That makes, I think like a relationship actually work despite any sort of mental health issue that you might have. It's like, okay, do I want to put the effort? Well, it's interesting. It's interesting because for a long time, I was the one in the relationship with a mental health problem, mm-hmm. right? And then two years ago, we found out that my husband actually is on the autism spectrum. So it was a really weird shift of, you know, Jeff has like accepted me and my mental health like so wholeheartedly. And it's just been interesting. And I know autism is not necessarily mental health, um, but having to accept him and his, all of his, you know, quirkiness and having to really accept that has been, and accepting that it's never going to change. Mm -hmm. Because with autism, you know, he does therapy and speech therapy and things like that, but there's fundamental things that his brain just works differently. Mm -hmm. So in relationships, I feel like a lot of times we hold out hope that some something's going to change or someone's going to change. Mm-hmm. And with Jeff, it's accepting him for who he is and not holding that in my mind anymore. I love that. Uh, yeah. It's true love. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> um. So, okay, let's like back up a little bit. So you meet Jeff. And how long did you guys, how long were you guys together for before you get got married? We were together for five years. Um, but our engagement marriage was funky. Yeah. Because we were together for five years. Uh, my mom got sick. And so when the engagement happened, it was literally the same day that my mom got her diagnosis that she only had three months to live. So I don't know if our engagement would have happened then Mm -hmm. if there weren't other circumstances. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there were. And so we did it. Your wedding. We got married. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was a good wedding. I know, but it was one of the most traumatic days of my entire life. Oh my God. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It was it was a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it was. At least. I mean, I can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to yeah. share it. Yeah, of course. I'm so an open book. Yeah, just tell us. Yeah, so on the day of my wedding, so my mom had gotten her three-month diagnosis, um, and we planned the wedding a month from the day that she told us. So we got engaged, literally started planning the wedding, and we planned it in 30 days. So the day of my wedding, I get a call saying that my mom was in the hospital again and she couldn't be at the wedding. I got that call at 7.30 a.m. 
Um, so we planned like a uh, iPhone call where she could see us. She could see me walking down the aisle. So she ended up watching a video of me walking down the aisle. And then she went to sleep and never woke up. So the morning after the wedding, she was, she was comatose, but she was still alive. So the morning after the wedding, we got a phone call saying that we had a half an hour. We needed to get to the hospital because she probably wasn't going to make it. So we go to the hospital. Long story short, she lasts three days because, of course, she, she was like, I'm not doing this the day after Megan's wedding. I'm not doing this. <laughs> so she, she ends up lasting three days. She was comatose the whole time, and then she passed away. So that whole time in my life, is the biggest learning experience I've ever had to go through. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's a lot of times in my life that I've gone through things that maybe you look at and say, why me? And I think I did say, why me a lot, but I've learned so much from every single thing that I've gone through that I'm beginning to learn that the bad things are actually the substance that makes us grow as people and the good things are just like the sprinkles on top yeah I mean, you know like as like like an, as a friend watching like their one of their best friends experience one of like what's supposed to be like the best day of their lives and then also having one of the most like heartbreaking things happen at the same time it was just like I remember all of us just like sitting in in the apartment that we rented and we're like, what do we do? Like we didn't, we had all these plans to like go out and like tour this, tour Park City. And we're like, no, like fuck this. We're not going to do that. We're going to sit here and be sad for Megan because this fucking sucks. Well, you guys, you guys bought me food and you cleaned my apartment. Well, and I think with, it's interesting, you know, because I think when friends see friends, especially going through, through grief, it's so hard to know, like, what to do or say, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? But I think the most important thing is just, like, being there. Mm-hmm. It just showing them that you're there. Keep checking on them, even if they don't reach out to you, because they probably won't reach out to you, mm-hmm. right. you know? And just reminding them that they will get through this. Mm-hmm. Because I 100% thought when my mom passed away, I thought that you were going to have to commit me. I'm like, they're going to have to put me away because I am not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I did it. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't easy, but I got through it. And I can 100% say I'm a better person now than I was then. For going through something that I, the hardest thing that I can imagine ever having to go through, mm-hmm. but I did it and I got through it. And so now the next problem doesn't seem as big. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I look at things, I look at life like glass half full and like, that's a very like glass half full way to like look at life. Cause like, that's the only way to get through something is like, this is, this is going to make me stronger and I'm going to be able to now like go through these hurdles easier. Well, I think the older I get to, the more I realize that 
I have to have those bad days. Mm-hmm. Like I have to have them. I, there's been a few things that have happened recently, like COVID scares and uh, like week long power outage. And I, in each one of those instances, I had a day where I literally cried all day. Like, I mean, heaving, crying all day. And then I wake up the next day and it was fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm someone that has to process my feelings and really release them in order to kind of get to the next step. Yeah. But I feel like so many people won't let themselves do that and won't let themselves get to that point of like relief. Yeah. Because it's scary. It's scary to feel your feelings because you're like, what is happening? But like having that, because Meg and I just had an episode about control and, you know, like trying to like control like certain things in your life and that could be like controlling your feelings and letting them in. But sometimes if you just like let it go, it's like, it's, it can be really beautiful at the end. I feel like I've been scared of my feelings since like as long as I can remember. Oh yeah. Same. And the past few years, I've really started letting myself just feel my feelings. Right. So when I'm sad, I'm like, okay, well, what does it actually feel like to be sad? Because it's this big, scary thing in my head of like, I don't want to be sad. But then when I'm actually there in the depths of like huge sadness and I feel what I'm feeling, it's not as bad as I made it out to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when I'm sad, my heart is open so huge. And I have so much empathy for anyone going through anything. And I, I feel this sense of like, oneness with the world in a weird way mm-hmm. yeah I'm still kind of I, I still don't in my mind still doesn't want to be sad but I'm working right. on it you know yeah I love that I love that you can like relate sadness with love still yeah it's really important um, yeah so how was being pregnant and having anxiety and depression and well, when I got pregnant, I had a long discussion with my doctors about, do you want to stay on medication or should we get off the medication? Because that's the thing with a lot of depression medications is they just haven't been tested on pregnant women. So they really don't know. And my doctor and I decided that I needed to stay on it because the stress of getting off of it would potentially be more harmful than just staying on it throughout pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I was on it the like entire time. Um, and even breastfeeding too, because get this guys, I'm still breastfeeding. I never thought I'd be one of those moms, but here we are. Um, but, but yeah, I, I taken medication the entire time. And for Arthur, knock on wood, there's been you know, no bad side effects, but I think everyone needs to make that decision for themselves. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's whatever you feel most comfortable with and mm-hmm. you being on medication is what's going to make you feel comfortable and is the right choice for you, then that's the perfect choice for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that like, it's like one of my midwives had said to me, like, you know, it's like trying so hard to like, it's like what your doctor said, like, it's going to be more detrimental if it doesn't work for you to not be on it. Like the stress of that is just going to hurt you and the baby eventually. Like, it's just not going to work. But I feel like there is a lot of like fear around taking medications while pregnant. But I think you're absolutely right. Like 
And I think having a good doctor is so important, like one that will actually listen to you and talk about all of it with you. Um, so all the mamas out there, were you guys trying when you guys got pregnant with Arthur? Like, did you have the conversations yes. before you got pregnant or? Yeah, absolutely. We were in a time in our lives that it just, I think we were so scared and we just kept making excuses and excuses about why we couldn't do it. And then we were at a time where our lives where it was like, let's just why do not? this. Yeah. And so we only tried for maybe a month and <laughs> surprise happened so we were trying but I wasn't necessarily ready for it to happen as soon as it did sure yeah but I don't think you're ever really ready so no and I think I think afterwards like you know when you're actually a parent after you give birth I think it's so important to be emotionally the best that you can be because it is so emotionally draining especially that first year that you need to do everything you can to make sure that up here in your head is right and tight. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, because, and you have to do it for yourself and you have to do it for your baby. Yeah, absolutely. How did you guys um, like come to finding out about your husband? So Arthur was a really, Let's say he was a sensitive child. Okay. So for that first year, he cried nonstop. Oh, I mean, yeah. sometimes there were days where it was six hours a day and it was just <sighs> crying. And so Jeff and I kind of, you know, would poke around the internet or whatever. And when he was poking around for Arthur, he came across some quiz about autism and was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll take the quiz. Just curious. And then it came back like, whoa, <laughs> wow. And so then he made an uh, appointment with a therapist that specialized in uh, autism. And that, so he didn't get like the, um, there's a huge process you have to go through to get like officially diagnosed. Okay. Um, but it relies a lot on childhood, things that happened in your childhood. Jeff doesn't talk to his parents and he hasn't since he was like 18. So he couldn't get that test because he has none of that information. Oh. So he went to a specialist and within a minute of Jeff speaking with her, she was like, yeah, you have autism. Because a lot of people oh. don't know, you can tell in the voice. How so? Wow. So people with autism, a lot of the times have a very um, monotone voice. Okay. So they don't necessarily change the tone, right? Um, and it's something I never noticed with Jess. And then now that it was pointed out, I'm like, oh yeah, that's so obvious. <laughs> but I never have spent time around anyone with autism. So I so really it was know, normal for you. Yeah. I didn't know what to look for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but for Jeff, his diagnosis was so interesting because for, for so long, he just thought something was wrong with him and he just thought he was different. And to have a diagnosis, it's like, this isn't your fault. You were literally born like this. Yeah. With such kind of a weight off of him. How did it like, I know, I mean, it obviously like affected him because it was like happening to him. But like for you, like as a spouse, like to see your husband go through or just like learning about this diagnosis, like how did that like make like 
what were your thoughts? And like, were you like, okay, how am I going to like be his rock for him? Well, it's so interesting because he went through his own process, but I had to go through the acceptance process too. Mm -hmm. When I first heard, I didn't really know what it meant because Jeff didn't change as a person. Mm -hmm. He's still the same person. But there were so many things that Jeff never told me about his life or his struggle, which is so interesting to me because he thought that these things were normal things that everyone, Mm. he thought that that's how everyone's brain worked. Mm. And then, you know, when he tells me that he has a difficult time in situation, social situations when there's a lot going on, when he's saying that he's not just saying he's having a difficult time. He's saying like his brain's going into overdrive. Mm. I mean, overdrive, overstimulation. He, he literally can't concentrate and his, his brain just starts going off. So there's so many of these things that Jeff just never talked about because he thought that they were normal. And, and then when he started learning about autism, he started learning that, oh no, these are things that I've been, I've taught myself to mask my condition. And I think that that's the thing that I'm so proud of Jeff for doing. Like, I'm going to cry. He works so hard every day. And I don't think that any of us can really like even imagine what he has to go through day to day. Yeah. And I'm so proud of him for doing it. And I mean, Jeff is just like the most amazing person I've ever met. He's like the kindest person, the smartest person. Um, And I just, it just hurts my heart that he has to go through that, but he does. And, you know, we'll get through it together because gosh, he's been putting up with my stuff for so many years. I mean, he has, like, but he has such like a wonderful <laughs> understanding partner to like go through this with, you know? So it's really special that you guys found each other. Yeah, it's definitely fate. Well, I think there's, you know, there's so many stereotypes about people that are autistic that are just so far from reality you know and especially like connecting I mean Jeff is he's like the therapist of his work like he's the best listener and he's told me that the reason he's a good listener is because he doesn't have those other social cues his brain doesn't understand them Mm -hmm. so he has he's had his whole life to really focus on like the words that are coming out of people's mouths and what they mean so he's trained himself to listen wow which most people I mean I have a hard time with that I know because you're like listening but you're like okay so what am I gonna say to that not fully listening exactly so it's like, and that's one of the like examples of you. Know, he's working hard all the time. This isn't something that comes natural to him. This is something he consciously does. Aww. He's just, he's the best. He really is. Yeah. But it's hard too, because there are things that, you know, he does have a hard time with. Right. Sure. And I have to, sometimes I have to remind him to do things. And I don't necessarily want to put the things on blast that I have yeah, to remind right, him right, to do. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because then, you know, he's kind of rolling his eyes because I'm saying something to him and I'm kind of rolling my eyes because, well, Jeff, like, I wish I didn't have to say this to you. I wish that you just thought about doing it yourself, you know? So mm-hmm. those battles, well, not battles. Moments, those yeah. moments are tough. Right. You know, 
but I think we just, we've had to really practice communication. Yeah. Which I think like even break, like even with the relationship with somebody who's (laughs) not autistic, it's like same thing. Like everybody just has to practice better communication in what they want and what they need regularly and all of the above. Yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. And like, I feel like Arthur is going to have such great role models, like growing up. For sure. Like to have you two to like, just be like, Hey, it's okay to like have all these feelings to have these big feelings. Cause like, I mean, I think it's getting better now, but like, you know, in society, like men are not, aren't supposed to have like feelings and feel their feels, you know? So. Sure. Well, and that's one of our biggest like parenting. I don't want to say strategies. That sounds like <laughs> strategy. What? But, uh, but in some way it is like, yeah, yeah philosophy. Philosophies um, is every feeling is okay. And every feeling belongs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love and that. It's really you know, especially for someone like Arthur that has a lot of feelings, it's so important to let him release those feelings because if he doesn't, they're just going to get stuffed inside. Mm -hmm. And we all know how that turns out. Yeah. (laughs) But by teaching Arthur that feelings belong, I've learned that feelings belong. Because I'm constantly telling him like, oh, you know, this feeling's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to all these things and then it I'm not allowing myself to have those feelings so that's Mm -hmm. why I started a few years ago feeling my feelings because Arthur demonstrated that feelings are natural you come out of the womb with feelings (laughs) (laughs) so why why am I trying to push them away so hard with myself yeah it's almost unfair and like hypocritical if you don't practice it yourself Totally. I mean, same thing with, you know, speaking to myself because my inner voice throughout my life has been like a really big meanie. Yeah. Like a really big meanie. And it would break my heart if Arthur talked to himself the way that I speak to myself. So it's enabled me to stop when I hear that voice in my head. And stop and say, you're not doing this right now. Yeah. You know, because it's not fair to anybody. Do you feel like, you know, just practicing that or just like even telling yourself stop and obviously practicing it with Arthur, do you feel like the voice, like the meanie voice has gotten smaller or um, the frequency has lessened? Yes, but it's definitely still there. Yeah. The difference is that I can recognize it's there. Uh, So those thoughts still happen. That's what my brain, my ego, that's what it's trying to confuse me. That's how it's been my whole life. Right. So now, after like years of practice, I can identify that and say, oh, okay, that's just, that's just the big meanie. I can let that go. Yeah. I think that's really important to be able to identify it and like separate it from like your logic. Like I know that that's not me saying those things about myself. 
And meditation helps. Yeah. Do, so do you practice meditation? I've been meditating for about nine years now. Wow. Daily. Oh, wow. And that's helped with recognizing my thoughts too. You know, because that's the whole thing with meditation is your thoughts are going to be there, but you just need to learn to let them go and let them move on and not circle back and mm-hmm. stay in the loop. over them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love to meditate. No, I don't love to meditate. I love the thought of meditating. But when I do it, like my brain, I can't like, and I started really meditating this year, like after my mom's whole fiasco. And like, I was like, so I don't know if I just like relate that back to like a time that I was like very anxious and that like, I can't like turn my brain off, but it's so hard for me to just like, So that's the thing. And that's the thing, the misconception about meditation is I feel like people go into it thinking that you're doing it to get this like brain shut down. Yeah. And in reality, that never happens. When I'm meditating, thoughts are always going through my head. But what you practice with meditation is you practice just seeing the thought and just letting it go. Mm. So my brain like rarely slows down. Um, But now I can see what's going on and then therefore I can release things if that makes sense yeah, but guided meditation is also meditation yeah because mm-hmm. I'll go through phases where sometimes I'll, I'll be super into guided meditations and that's all I do and then sometimes I just do the silent meditations. oh I do guided because there's like yeah. no way I'm gonna be able to even focus on silent like my brain is eventually yes, you would. if you practice exactly that's why it's called practice <laughs> yeah that's definitely a good point like there is there's no perfect way to meditate mm-hmm. I think it's just at least giving yourself that moment whether it's 10 seconds long or 10 hours but that would be crazy because who has 10 hours to sit <laughs> I wish I did. That would be nice. Oh my God. One day. Um, you're sewing though, really quick, because I do want to bring it up because I just think you're really crazy talented. Did you so like nice. go to school for that? I can't. Yes, I, I like I asked Heika. Okay, so you went to fashion school. Yeah, like you're. If you guys get a chance you guys should check out her vintage shop but also like the dresses you've been making and the blouses that you've been making they're incredible like incredible Uh, first of all it's so nice of you to say and second of all I just love doing it like talk about getting in a meditative space when I'm sewing my mind is so focused on one thing mm-hmm. that like all the other crazy thoughts just go away for sure you yeah. know yeah have you been doing like sewing for ever and ever now then like not really so I went through a phase before I had Arthur um that I was sewing a ton and I was focusing on denim which I'm like why would I start by focusing on denim it's so crazy so hard um <laughs> right but then I had Arthur and for three years I had no time to do anything like my brain was at the finish line (laughs) like there was no room for me to add 
anything, anything to else, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, I don't even know how many months ago, maybe six months ago, it was around quarantine that I was like, you know, I think I should just get my sewing machine out because I had gotten, that's what it was. I had gotten Jeff a pair of vintage OP shorts, the corduroy ones. Yeah. But the elastic was busted. So I had to fix the elastic. And I'd gotten them, him those for Father's Day. So I had to do it. There was yeah. no excuse not to do it. <laughs> so I got my sewing machine out. And then I was like, oh, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, just wish I, had, I just wish I had more time to do it. Yeah. But for sure. One With day. With a toddler running around. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> Thank the Lord for babysitter days. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I know. I can't even like, I feel like I'm going to be such an, I'm either going to be such a nut about like getting a babysitter that I'm going to be like, fuck it. I'm just not going to get one. Or I'm going to be like, so at my wits end that I'm like, anybody want to come over? (laughs) Totally. Totally. Uh, No, but like, we didn't really have a choice because we didn't have any like parental health at all mm-hmm. so it's really just Jeff and I so I wow. think we lasted six months and I was like I need some sort of a break oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that's when we started having babysitter day <laughs> yeah I highly recommend it because it's so important to get that break it's so yeah. important to do something mentally mm-hmm. and for the first few years I used babysitter days to hike Every every day that I had a babysitter, I would hike because that's like my church. That's like oh, what grounds me and connects yeah. me. For sure. Um, but I think it's so important to find something like that, especially the first few years. Are you ready? Am I ready? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, I want her to stay in as long as possible, but I just like can't wait to meet her. Like, you just totally. want to see how they look like. Yeah. Like, Have a little just- buddy. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Built-in BFF. Yes, I yes. tell Arthur all the time. I'm always like, you're my best friend. <laughs> what does he say back? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I but he says things with his eyes, you know. Aww. I know I know what he's feeling. So. Well, that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to see if she's like an old soul or like a new one and, you know, just those little things. Because you can always tell when like a kid is like, oh, okay, they're like an old man in a tiny body. Like they, they've been here before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's so, it's so amazing. Motherhood is like the most, amazing thing the hardest thing you're ever gonna have to do but the it's just the most amazing and fulfilling thing Mm. that you're ever going to do and it's all worth it as someone who had a really really hard two first two years like really hard yeah I can't imagine there's a light at the end of the tunnel you know good I'm glad it's there <laughs> As I say to all moms that are in that space, and I know you've heard it, but it's real. I didn't believe it, but it is. It's real. They get past it. They grow up. They learn how to communicate. Everything gets easier. I love that. Thank you for that. Is this a, like him being three right now? Is that like your favorite age of his? 
so far, yes. But I mean, I mean, it's still hard. He still it has the tantrums and, sure. you know, constantly wants attention <laughs> as kids do. Um, <laughs> but the minute that Arthur like learned to communicate, it all got better. I think he was so frustrated. He couldn't. He has a lot to say. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> And when he couldn't say it, I think he got really frustrated. Which yeah. makes perfect sense. 100%. If people couldn't understand me, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd be exactly. knocking down everything. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing with kids. It's like when you step back, it's like, same. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you know what, Arthur? You're really frustrated. You're waiting in this line right now. And it's taking forever. And the cashier is not getting off the phone same dude like I get it like I get why you're having a tantrum about this you know what I mean it still hurts my ears (laughs) and my heart still races a million miles an hour but when you think about it in those terms from a place of understanding Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to get through yeah definitely and that can be related to I feel like people in general like even if you don't have the same experience or emotion it's like that you can or not emotion but it's the same experience you can always relate the emotion that you're having with somebody to something that you've had like and that's which is you know I mean coming back to like everything that's going on in our world it's like we're not all that different like we all do experience all of the same emotions, just in different right. experiences. Well, totally. Yeah, and and a lot of the things that are going on in the world right now are just so focused on fear. Mm-hmm. There's so much, you know, everyone's having these huge feelings of like this fear and they're all dealing with it differently. Mm-hmm. But you can begin to have empathy when you begin to realize there's a feeling behind it. Yeah. And it's not just the words that you hear or you, or you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Well, um, I think this has been such a great conversation with you. Um, we did start a new segment and we just want to ask you, what would you tell your younger self? So I have this picture of my younger self on my um, dresser in my room. And it's like not uncommon for me to talk to it. So I love this question. I love that. So much. (laughs) Because I look into this little picture, I look into his eyes and I'm like, you're so innocent. Like, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's the innocence that I connect with. Um, But my biggest piece of advice would be, be nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. Be nice to yourself. Like you're doing your best and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. So be nice to yourself. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I know. If only we were nicer to ourselves while we were younger. <laughs> For real. <laughs> a little more grace. Yeah. a little over 30 years to figure it out. I feel like I'm slowly figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But that was a lot of years of not having it figured out. No. 
I mean, in some of those years or some of those moments between those years were a lot of fun, but. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't change anything about my life. Like literally not one thing, even all the bad stuff. I literally wouldn't change it because I'm where I am today because of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of who I am today. And I wouldn't be this person if I didn't have to go through all the bullshit. For sure. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell our listeners where they could find you? I know like you have like a private personal Instagram, but like, let's get you some more uh, traffic on your vintage website or on your Etsy. So my Instagram handle is at shop eyes open. And my Etsy store is shop eyes open. You guys will find some incredible vintage and some one-of-a-kind Megan pieces on mm-hmm. there. Thank you for having me, ladies. Well, thanks yeah, for thanks for coming on. on. This has been so special, such a treat. Thank you so much for being a little open book and just sharing a little bit about it. Yeah, so much. It's beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Made us laugh. I love you guys. You made us cry. Love you too. <laughs> Story of my life. All the feelings. All the feelings. <laughs>